Social Workers and Scriptures. We are your hosts, Susan Camacho and Caddy Lias. And today you're getting a double dose of therapists who wish to bring you wellness and improved relationships to your life by bringing together our love of the Bible and therapy. Don't forget mm-hmm. to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. Today's title is Tighten Up Your Core, the congruency episode. This is the congruency subtopic of an episode of overall series on Tighten Up Your Core Emotionally. Check out our intro episode on that on that in case you haven't already. And Kat is going to tell us some things that we are not. Okay, well, um, this is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to treat underlying conditions or chronic mental health issues. Each person needs an assessment on a case-by-case basis for treatment purposes. Please don't go off your meds without medical consultation. Next, if you're having a psychiatric emergency, or really any emergency at all, please go to your nearest ER or dial 911. If you're in crisis, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. It's just for those who want to wish to bridge your love of mental health and the Bible. So maybe you want to remind them of the purpose for today. Why are we talking about congruency? And we got to stay on topic because it's congruent. Topic. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so let's review again. When we are discussing a healthy emotional core, we are talking about in terms of core or core wellness, we are talking about emotional no characteristics needed to live um, as emotionally healthy individuals. Someone who has a strong emotional core has the following, and we're going to go over all of the the C-O-R-E's, and so... So you have said your dating rubric, right? This is your dating guide. You're like, check, check, <laughs> yes. check. Yes, this is your <laughs> to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. So, Kat, what are the, the C-O in core? All right, let's start with C. C? C, okay. Well, that was a Spanish-English joke. Okay, uh, Christ-centered. They find their identity and value in Christ. So that one's already out. Go and check it out. Uh, courageous. That one's out. Go check it out. They're all, they are also congruent in action and talk, and they are connected to their own interests and goals. Um, we also, they care about God and they acknowledge that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. They recognize and find relief that God is all powerful, all knowing, and everywhere. Their outlook is positive. They keep hope and their hope is in the Lord. And they think objectively about the situations and they put things into perspective that's realistic. What about the R? What are those things? The re in core. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the re. So restraint during distress and regulates their emotions. R reviews their underlining beliefs and thoughts. Renews healthy thinking and resets and is ready to try again. R again is for relationships they can count on that include a support system, a Christian community, and people that can help with accountability. The E in core is empowering dialogue to help themselves improve their situation and are able to express their desires, needs, and limits assertively. The E is also empathetic and examines others' needs, not just theirs. And E engages in stress management techniques as needed. All right, so now if we just jump in and we just say, okay, what is this congruency you speak of? What is congruent? What does congruency have to do with godliness or and or what does it have to do with an emotional core? Strong core. Okay, so Google defines defines it as an agreement or harmony, the word congruent. Clinicians kind of utilize the word essentially when your words and your actions match up or are in sync. So people will tell us sometimes 
things even mechanically. Like, you know, I listen to war stories um, most of the day. So they'll tell me the story without the associated emotions of, mm. you know, of loss, of grief. And so um, it's missing the congruency of um, the emotion attached to the event that happened. So the emotion needs to be attached. And we will say that, you know, if they don't match, it's incongruent. And if they match, it's congruent. The life story and the emotions need to match. This can also be used in body language as well, especially when people send like dot, double like bind messages. Mm. Essentially, to live a godly life, your actions in life and the Bible need to match up as much as possible. And yes, I get it. All of our lives at one point or another have not matched and because we are sinful at times, it still doesn't fully line up, but this should not prevent us from trying. So either way, living congruently with your value system helps to not have so much inner inner turmoil as there is an emotional disconnect when you're not living up to your moral code or more your moral compass. This essentially causes like fr friction or it causes mm -hmm. like a disconnect. And so that's why it's important to have like um, congruency as part of that core. So yeah. can't. I love that because I think um, our moral compass as believers is the Bible, the Bible right? Yeah. So anyway, I love that. I love that. That is so true that if um, we're not living in congruency uh, with our beliefs, we're not living in truth, really, yes. right? Because the Bible is the truth. Then yes, that friction comes up. Okay. So um, I love I love what you said. Um, what is congruency? Um, when, when we speak in terms of mental health, I think congruency refers to our mood matching our statements our mood matching our actions, um, and our statements with our actions. So for example, does your body, like you said, does your body language reflect what words you're saying? When you say you're happy with your spouse, are you? When your spouse is asking you, right? When you say you're okay, are you? When you say you are loving, living life, living your best life, are you? The YOLO. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. That sounds like a frozen yogurt. What's the frozen yogurt one? Fro-yo. Fro-yo. All right. Well, you know, somewhere around there. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> what if you only eat frozen yogurt once? Is that like Frollo? Yolo? Frollo. Fro-yo. Fro-yo. Uh, somewhere in there. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So when you say you're living your best life, are you are you really battling feelings of loneliness? I mean, I think we see this, right? Like people put out their, their business on, well, maybe not their business. They put out this message on social media of how wonderful and great things are, but on the inside, maybe they're not, right? So you want to be congruent. In relationships, um, whether they be in dating, marriage, friendships, coworkers, I think congruency refers to, are you who you say you are? Are you honest? Are you credible? Do you pan out? Do you say one thing and you do another, or is it the same? Um, and then I think as clinicians, we refer to congruency often in reference to addressing if someone's response matches the normal or expected response that you would think that would occur in this situation, right? We use it as an assessment of, does the person's response match the intensity of the situation they experienced? Do the person's feelings match the expected feelings one would have? For example, is the person mad when they should be hurt? Are they elated when they should be sad? Things like that, right? If they're in uh, going through extreme conflict, but they're just sitting there with a smile ear to ear, we know something might be up, right? Something's not matching. When we're talking about Christianity and our spiritual walk, with Christ living as a believer, I think we're talking, I think when we're talking about congruency, it's usually in reference to the question, does your Christian walk match what the Bible says? Does it match beliefs that are in line with a Christian worldview, which is how you think and see the and value with the world with Christ in mind? Checking out whether we are congruent asks the question, are we authentic in our walk with Christ? 
Are we honestly and really a believer who lives in a perpetual state of surrender and repentance, living out the fruit we are to bear? Or are we masquerading around as a Christian, right? Matthew 5, 37 tells us, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. And that tells you congruency right there, right? James 1, 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So what does congruency have to do with godliness? Well, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, for one, God is congruent. He always is, he always was, and he always will be. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? He never changes. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Thank God for that, right? We're supposed to model ourselves after God, and what, and we want our character to be modeled after God's character. Uh, the Bible warns us against and speaks very negatively about being double-minded. God likens a double-minded man to being unstable in all his ways. And James uh, 1.8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay, so what does congruency have to do with a strong core? Well, congruency is a big part of having a strong core. People with a strong core are authentic and strong enough to be who they are without wavering, changing, hiding various parts of who they are. They're consistent in different settings and in different areas of their life. Being congruent takes a particular strength and having a particular strength helps you be congruent. Why do you think, Susan, why is it important to be congruent? And why can't we just be like, bye by the seat of my pants, change in fickle, a fickle pickle? I think it's important to be congruent because it, it alleviates a lot of stress. Like I said before, once you identify your values and you live accordingly, it's less emotionally chaotic for you. Mm. If you are living out of line with a value you hold dear and go against your own moral code or compass, there's always angst and turmoil that goes along with it. Um, I have a, if you, a question for you. I was thinking, it, when, when I do agree, like it, with this emotional up and down, all this craziness and, and not matching, there is this chaos. Do you think people realize how stressful that chaos is? I think that they... I think that they do. I think that there is a real disconnect. Like, you know, um, I was going to say, like, if you sh- like, if you hold fidelity as a value, which, which most of us God do willing. as women, like if <laughs> yeah. we hold fidelity as yeah. a value, like, you know, yeah. not, not cheating against somebody and whoever you're with. And if you do that, then you feel like this guilt and remorse. And there's an, mm. an inherent emotional mm-hmm. angst that you're feeling because you're going at odds against your own emotional values, the values that you hold dear. Mm-hmm. Where there is that disconnect, it really hurts your core because really we've talked about a lot, like, well, I talk a lot about moral injuries, but yes, there's a lot of injuries that occur when you um, go against your own moral compass and mm-hmm. your own code. And so in that, well, especially when you're breaking the, the biblical laws as well, like if you mm-hmm. hold those dear and you grew up in those kind of like ways, um, mm-hmm. like from church, like on sleeping underneath the pews up until your adulthood and you oh break those moral codes. Then Is that for like um, the overnight vigil or what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sleeping under the pews? Sometimes it is an overnight vigil. <laughs> if you like, are you praying or are you sleeping? <laughs> you spend, you spend New Year's there at church. Right? Like, <laughs> and you ring you, in the New Year. Are you praying knees. intently? <laughs> Old school status. Yeah. <laughs> And so in that, like, you know, it is really like, um, it's just like, you know, it's just like a real huge disconnect for you because you're not living out those values that you have set forth and the values that God has set forth for you. And so there's a real, like, there's a real, um, not for lack of a better word, just angst, just, uh, just feeling gross. 
So it is important because you need to be able also like living congruently is also important because you need to be able to hear God. And if you're not congruently walking out God's word, he may talk to you. Yes, like God always has mercy on all of us, but he may talk to you less and with less frequency than he would if you're like obviously in fervent in prayer and you're doing the things that you're supposed to. You're, you know, if you're keen on hearing God's voice and are already familiar with the ways in which he talks to you and brings in community to reinforce that talk, it makes it like those um, Hansel and Gretel crumbs are more when you're closer to him. But they're less, he leaves less sparsely um, crumbs, uh-huh. obviously, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then you get like bread loaves. Yes. Not crumbs, right? <laughs> you get little if tiny not, crumbs. you're getting right? cookie crumbs. Yeah. That does remind me about the scripture that says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Like yes. when you stop listening, when you stop in, yeah. in listening to the Holy Spirit, you might hear it less. Right? So yes, on John ten twenty seven says, "My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me." So He knows your voice when you're when you're connected and when you're in tune with God. That's what happens. Like you're in sync. Um, I don't think I definitely don't think it's linear, and I don't think we can live out a hundred percent to our value system. Um, that's why perfectionists have a really hard time because they can't meet their own standards, much less anyone else meet their standards. Um, but I think as much as you can, um, you have to try to live out. You know, like Kat and I live in that WWJD principles, what would Jesus do? He had the bracelet. <laughs> and yes, Jesus would not be like road rage fall. Or <laughs> I feel like all the perfectionists right now are like, ooh, I felt that one, that perfectionist one. They're like, ooh, I feel like you're coming after me. Oh my goodness. So Kat, why is it important to be congruent? Well, I think being congruent signifies peace, order, honesty, and groundedness. Not being congruent in mood and speech or speech and action is a humongous red flag for us as clinicians. Like I was saying earlier, um, it's an, as an indicator for mental health issues, whether that be just, you know, symptoms or whether that be a full blown disorder. Some of the strongest disorders have a, a complete disconnect between, or, um, what is the opposite of congruency? Discongruency, uncongruency, lack of congruency. Incongruent. Inco- thank incongruent. you. In- oh my gosh. Incongruency. <laughs> well, is incongruency a word or is it just incongruent? <laughs> Should have looked that up before we recorded, huh? <laughs> anyway, so a lack of but a lack of congruency is a humongous red flag for us for many very strong disorders. I mean, if you look at um, sociopaths, I mean, they just have no nothing, right? No emotion, nothing. Not that if you are incongruent that you're on that line. You can just be symptoms, but it definitely is a red flag for us that something is wrong. Okay, regardless, incongruency is something that we recognize. We would definitely push into and explore. To find out what does that discrepancy mean? Oftentimes that is the therapy. You can talk and talk and talk, but once we find that discrepancy, we know that's where we need to go, right? Also in reference to being congruent in your Christian walk, it's of utmost importance. We don't get facades, we don't have facades that get past the Lord, okay? Um, we don't walk into heaven because of our words. We can't just get there by our words. Um, the Lord knows our hearts. Jesus called out people multiple times who called themselves followers, um, even religious officials, often enough. And they were, he called them hypocritical. Um, he pointed it out if they were falling for the wrong reasons, if they were living a facade, non-congruent life, Jesus called it out. It is important to him. He knows our hearts. He speaks. And often in the Bible, he spoke directly to their hearts, not their words. Even if they didn't say something that led to what was really going in their heart and they were saying something else, Jesus spoke straight to what was going on in their hearts. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of the spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, John 6.26 tells us, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
You are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He was calling them out right there, right? And we see multiple examples of that. Here's another one, Matthew 23, one through five. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. Now, how can someone become congruent? How do they get it all in, in check? How do they get to be, how do you get to be congruent? So you follow the Bible, you pray, obviously you live according to God's, um, what God sets out for you, but also um, you don't abuse grace, our fallen nature, um, to, na- to make the same mistakes over and over mm. again, or contort God's word to live um, or to fit your lifestyle. You know, it's not something that you can rearrange for your own benefit. Mm. And so in that also, you know, um, yes, we have grace and yes, God is merciful. All of those things are true, but we can, you know, like the apostle Paul said, we can't, we can't abuse that grace. Mm-hmm. And so Romans eight, seven says, because a carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God for indeed can, nor, nor indeed can be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nor indeed can be. Um, Romans six, one, two says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we? We who died to sin live any longer in it. First John 3, 4 through 6 says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him can keep on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him nor known him. I'm wondering um, we all, if, so go ahead. in that sense, so right, so I, I love that, don't abuse grace. And so it's it's like, Maybe we make a mistake. Maybe we make an error. We're incongruent in one way. But if you keep doing it, that's no longer a mistake. That's a pattern. Yes. That's a habit. A behavior. Yes. That's part of, that becomes part of your character. Right? Yes. Yes. Because you're trying to uh, contort it to every time I have that same infraction, God's going to continue to um, show grace in that same area. He should be showing grace in a different area. <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, and not that we're not like, you know, because therapy isn't linear as well. Like, I mean, yes, of course, people are in in therapy for like anger. And of course, they're going to part of progression, we like to say is regression. And so there are going to be like some slip backs or that is not my saying in therapy. I'm like, you go on linear, you going straight up, you're not going going backwards, left, right, you up. <laughs> so yes, and just like with addictions, you know, sometimes you know we mm-hmm. would love, you know, do we hear the occasional people, and there are yes. there's those anomaly people that God saves them and they never go back to it. But then there's people that people. you know, My and hubby. then yeah, and then there's some some people mm-hmm. that you know slip along the way, mm-hmm. but like God has grace for them because they ha- they have a different path. But it's and not so, unrepentant. Um, yes, it's not without remorse. It's not, it's not unrepentant. Yes. All of those things, yes. And so in that, like, you know, it goes to my second point is that you you have to continue to strive to be better. You can't just continue to want to stay in that, you know, in the filth. You can't want to continue to stay Take a shower. in your anger. You can't. Take an emotional <laughs> yes, shower. you can't want to. You just can't want to sit and mire in it, and you know, and sit in that pity party of yours, you know, um, or that martyrdom. We have to continue to strive to be better. While we may never reach perfection, while in our skins. 
We have to strive to be better. If you're stagnant, you're definitely not growing. You have to be continually in the process of moving forward and trying regardless um, and motivate yourself. Um, I think that, you know, the paradox of depression is that you wait to feel like better or want to have that motivation. But one of the symptoms of depression is is the anhedonia, a lack of pleasure to do anything, the antithesis of being hedonistic so you need to force yourself to do something place positive affirmations on your mirror scriptures by your desk um, to remind yourself of who you are and who you want to become in christ is really super important and then walk it out i mean I'm like like the hip-hop walk it out walk it out walk it like that <laughs> i don't know that song is that a dan- oh my gosh <laughs> I, I dance that always has these frame well you said walk it out mean- literally so I'm like, walk it <laughs> yes. out, walk it out. Okay. Yeah. Walk it out literally and figuratively. So um, you set an alarm to read your Bible and you literally walk in yourself into a mindset. Motor activity is super important. So just even like literally walking like around the block would be really good, especially like, you know, if you have problems with your mood being stable, it's super important. It has a lot of health benefits. And so, um, yeah, literally and figuratively walk out. Walk out your salvation, walk out your health, walk out your, get walking, walk out your, shoes. walk out that life, you know? <laughs> so, Kat, what, how do I get to be congruent? All right. Well, what are your tips? I think that there's a, a thought process uh, um, and then there's a way that we can write it down. So um, I think you're, you're going to have to, number one, do a review of your statements and actions and find out, am I being congruent? Ask yourself, did I do what I said? Was that how I felt? Uh, second, ask yourself. Why was I incongruent? What does that mean? What does that mean about me? What's going on inside of me that I wasn't congruent here? Why wasn't I? Is there things that I'm nervous about? Am I, whatever it is, you need to check it out. Ask yourself, why? What led me not to be congruent? Third, um, then you need to decide what kind of person do I want to be? Fourth, you need to take steps towards your goal and get help if you need it with those vulnerable areas that are hard for you to pull through. You can get professional help. Now, in the same token, um, if you want to be congruent with your mood, your statements, and your actions, you might need to keep written track of them for a while to get an idea of how close to the target you are or how off. Maybe you're not even on the board. You can do way off, right? You need to, you might, <laughs> you're not even in the zone of the lines. You're just off under a tree. You might need to write it down. So try to make a log maybe of your emotions, uh, your statements that you made and your actions. So maybe even like three columns, right? So you got your emotion that you had, the statement that you made um, or your, and your action with it. Um, ask yourself, why did I feel this way? Was it a healthy thought? If it wasn't a healthy thought, start with changing those thought patterns, okay? Then ask yourself, did I make a statement or action that was congruent with it? Uh, if not, ask yourself, what should I have said or what should I have done instead? What stopped me from being congruent? That's so important. Um, ask yourself, and I think this is one of the big ways out of being incongruent, which see, now I know the word. You see that? Look, at it just came naturally. Incongruent. <laughs> to be incongruent um, is if there's a, ask yourself, is there a way to congr- correct the incongruence that I had before? Take steps. Even if you've already did it, even if you, um, whatever, 
see if there's steps that you can take right now to correct it. If you need to go speak with somebody and said, actually, you know what? I did a little introspection and actually this is what I was feeling or this is what I was thinking. Or if it's in regards to your Christian walk, if you, um, if you need to go and go back and kind of change things or, um, that where you can, or you need to change things here forward, do that. That's going to get you started on your path to congruency. If you can't, you can't go back and change things. Make a plan for next time. When and if those feelings come up, what will I do next time? Be strategic, be planning. Um, next, maybe you do a cost benefit analysis. You ask yourself, am I getting benefit from not being congruent? Well, you probably are. Sometimes we avoid rejection. Sometimes we avoid um, dealing with anxiety, different things like that. Next, get an accountability group and get in fellowship with other people, other believers who let you, who you let into your life, your thoughts and your feelings, be asked them to be honest with you and enlist their feedback. You might need friends like Susan who are going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. That might be helpful for you. <laughs> Because you need to hear it. I'm a lamb. I don't know what you're talking it. about. I'm a lamb. You lying. Uh, <laughs> you lying. Get it? Eh? You lying. You the lion. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Okay. You following Proverbs. That's all you're doing? You're following Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. You just strong iron, you know? Um, as So iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Okay. Lastly, learn assertiveness skills, boundaries, and emotional regulation skills. Uh, we've had podcasts on these things. Go back and check them out. These are very important skills. Oftentimes they're incongruent because we don't want to share something. <laughs> we may know we should, but we don't do it because we're fearful of hurting someone or someone leaving us or reacting strongly, or we just don't know how to say it. Review scriptures on fear and the power of God to work in you and through you. Review scriptures on who God says you are, where your worth comes from, who validates you. Get professional help if you need it. You don't have to go for 10 years. You can, but you don't, you shouldn't probably, you don't need to go for 10 years. You don't need to talk about every time your mom didn't change your diaper. You can just jump in with what's going on right now. And then sometimes it only takes a couple times, really, depending on, on what symptoms you're, you're, you're having. Okay. Mm-hmm. So jump in there, get help if you need it. That's, those are my final. I think the thing that I would want everybody to, to take away from this on my side would be that congruency matters to God. And so it should matter to us. What, what would you have your takeaway? Okay. Be? Um, I think that my takeaway would be that, um, when you're congruent, it really keeps you away from a lot of emotional turmoil. I think that would be my takeaway. And let's take it away. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> That's a nice segue. Let's take it away now. Kat, can you okay. do <laughs> All right. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this time that we have together, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help reveal ourselves to us, Lord Jesus, in the areas that we need to grow. Help prepare our hearts for what you will reveal to us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be humble and to be teachable. Help us, Lord Jesus, to um, to rely on your strength and to um, always be encouraged to move closer to you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help us for our um, for every for us just to be authentic and to be able to be um, your disciples, your sons and daughters, your believers, people of your kingdom, Lord Jesus, um, wherever we're at, whatever setting and whoever we're with, Lord Jesus, um, help us to live out your word, Lord Jesus, not to be just hearers of the word, but to be doers as well. Uh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, and we praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. And until next yes. time. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>